Hello and welcome to What the Fox podcast with your two hosts, Lindsay Fox and Amber Ross. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to discuss the five love languages. And before we dive in, which I know everyone's so stoked to relearn about the five love languages all over again, we hope to add a little twist to it. But before we get started, uh, we want to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by therapyappointment.com. Therapy Appointment is the longest running practice management system out there for therapists to manage their own practice. In addition, if you are seeking a therapist, please go to therapyappointment.com. And secondly, our second sponsor just so happens to be my lovely coaching business, Conscious Healers. ConsciousHealers.com is where you can book your free consultation with yours truly to see if we are a good fit for any kind of one-on-one -on -one coaching needs, or if you perhaps would like to have a complete uh, transformation really in Sedona, Arizona, I'm hosting a fabulous retreat for women to really get realigned with themselves and just embrace um, their most authentic selves and reclaim their sense of joy. So that's actually taking place in April and I can't wait. I know it's going to be an amazing adventure and I cannot wait to see all of the transformations and changes and growth and just excitement that yeah. comes out of that event. Absolutely. Um, and I think that this is actually a really good time to be talk talking about love languages, right? And I think let's go ahead and set aside our preconceived notions of what love languages have been in the past or how they've been used in the past or maybe any negative connotation or negative experiences we've had with that. The first thing I would encourage everybody to do, if you haven't taken the five love languages test in the last six months you need to update it because believe it or not, yes. our love languages change over time and they can change quickly and we may not notice it. So um, Lindsay yeah. and I, in preparation Big for time. this, we both just updated ours um, and I'm excited. I This is the stuff that I geek out about. Like this is the stuff, <laughs> learning how people receive love and learning what goes into that and how I can really show up for the people in my community. Mm -hmm. That stuff, like- that's where my nerd alert moments come in. Um, so <laughs> I'm excited to be doing this in the month of self-love and the month of love in general, where the world is all roses and candy and, you know, um, capitalism, <laughs> capitalism. Yeah. Roses, yes. candy and capitalism. Roses. Yeah. That sounds good. It's good. No. <laughs> so, um, Five love languages. I believe the author who came up with this last name is Chapman. Um, Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman. Yes. Yep. Um, and they are just for a quick refresher for everyone, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, and acts of service are the five general love languages that he goes over in his book. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I want to ask, and let's just go ahead and like rip the bandaid off. What did you find Lindsay when you took the test? <laughs> oh gosh um 
It was really interesting actually to take this and I'm so glad that we did this. By the way, if you guys want to take your own love language quiz or uh, take it with like maybe you and a partner or if you're single, you can do that. Or if you wanna share it with your kids because maybe you wanna as a parent uh, learn how to express love to your teenager better and vice versa. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a great resource. So fivelovelanguages.com is where you can take that quiz for free. So. And also, I, just a quick note before you dive in, you mentioned a lot of key relationships, but one of my personal favorites to share this with is friend groups. So I actually have a tendency to ask my friends and my clients what their love language is um, because it's helpful for me to be able mm -hmm. to communicate with them in their chosen pathway, right? And I in their that. chosen space. Yeah. So my, I'm gonna my friends and I all talk about this. Tip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bar. It's very that helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, for friends, yes, but with clients, I kind of love asking. I like that idea. Thank you for sharing that one. You're welcome. Um, so to be honest, I guess as I was doing this quiz, I kind of was like chuckling to myself because I love options. And anyone who knows me, <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that like I love all the options. And so if the answer is like, if I have a selection of D, all the above, I'm going to go with D. Um, same with like a menu. If I'm going out to eat, I actually, I don't want to go to a place where there's way too many options because I feel mm -hmm. overwhelmed because I do want all of them and it gets really hard to choose one. What? So you have a hard time choosing? That's interesting. No, I didn't know that about you. I want all the things. And so yours is equal, isn't it? You have representation of all of the love languages equally. Say, this is oh my why God. I was kind of laughing is like, um, there's a good chunk of them that had pretty balanced outcomes. I don't know how deep we want to go. Maybe we can talk about each one individually for both of us and kind of bounce off of things with each other. Yeah. Um, but I would say there were a number of them where I was like, Ooh, I think it depends. It depends. I, I'm single for my, for like y'all who are hearing me as I talk about this, I'm a, I'm a single divorced. Woo. <laughs> I'm a single divorced woman and I am not dating. I do not have a partner. Uh, and I'm very okay with that, but I still took this quiz. Cause I was thinking, Oh, I'd love to see like what my perception is now. Mm -hmm. And uh, like how I feel most loved. So as I was taking this quiz, I was like, well, it kind of depends. Are we talking about my best friend? Are we talking about general friendships? Are we talking about my parents? Um, mm, are we so talking? True. So as I was answering it, I kind of found myself saying, well, it depends. I like all the options. It just depends on who's giving me the love where, right, where it's coming from, from one person. Yeah. Like maybe physical touch would be most meaningful if it came from this relationship. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, you know, uh, words of affirmation would feel significantly better with this relationship over here. Yeah, that makes sense. So I did I think, kind of struggle a bit. Um, before you redid it this time, when's the last time you took the test? Mm, I have no idea. Do you remember what your results were last time? Was it a similar situation? Um, actually, I think that they're quite different. So mm. for perspective, and I can... I, I, I can certainly discuss this. Um, it is, yeah. it does require a little vulnerability on my end, but so what, one thing I have noticed and learned a lot about myself in the last couple of years is that oddly enough in the past, I would have never identified, uh, 
gift giving is a love language of mine. Whereas now it's number one on my list. And I psychologically actually really understand why. And I kind of yeah. love that this is my new love language. Um, I didn't uh, really, yeah, well, okay, I'll come, I'll table that, but I'll table that, that side note. But then uh, now the last love language on my list is physical touch. Physical touch used to be actually one of my primaries in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I love to see the shifts over time. And depending on what season of life we're in, mm -hmm. physical touch has never been high on my list. Um, for most of my life, it has been the very bottom um, of my love language. We started doing these um, when we were doing couples counseling before we got married. So oh, okay. the first time I remember taking one of these, um, physical touch didn't even register as like, it was wow. sub like 5%, um, sure. which sure. Uh, it does not surprise me at all. Um, mm -hmm. And if you've spent more than like 10 minutes with me, it will not surprise you either. Um <laughs> And for the record, y'all, like if Amber, if I feel like Amber has said something where I'm like, okay, she, she deserves to have like a little nudge here. I'll be like, Amber, don't make me come over there and hug you. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like physical touch so i'm like don't make me come over there and hug you don't make you me better, come over there. you better well, get your act together right it's it's a good threat um so mine this time did actually have a significant shift um and physical touch came up the list a little bit it was my second from the bottom um by by a very wide margin being wow uh, your your number one is my last so gifts was my um the very end of my list and it was like three percent um so barely enough to register on the quiz um but my top <laughs> two are actually very equal and it's acts of service followed by quality time Aww. so this one and i will say um, Eric, who, for those who don't know, is my husband, he does a wonderful job, like showing up for me in my chosen love language, because we've spent so much time talking about well, this. Yeah. Like, you guys do darn vision hikes. Of course, well, <laughs> <laughs> man, we do our year in review and our vision hike. And just uh -huh. the, the concept of open flows of communication and open vulnerability in our marriage is very important to us. And this, yeah. I think taking this quiz is what sort of opened that up for us back at the beginning because it gives you insight into how to communicate directly to someone's heart and it like it strips away the confusion of um words and tone and intentions and mm -hmm. it allows you to kind of break through those barriers which is one thing that i think um I alluded to this in the beginning, like five love languages, it can seem cliche. It can seem like something that's overdone. It can seem like something that's not powerful, but it's all in the way that you choose to use it and you choose mm -hmm. to leverage that information. And for us, it's a great way for us to get vulnerable and say, hey, this is how I need you to show up for me. And same in our friendship, you know, yeah. Lindsay, you and I've talked about it and we joke about the hug thing. Um, but you also know, like, if I am in a state where I need a little love, you know how to show that to me. And yeah. it's not like, it's just easier. It takes away a lot of the confusion and mm -hmm. a lot of the decision fatigue to just know, oh, yeah, this person, I can show them I love them by like washing the dishes or yeah. like, I'll come home and Eric will have swept and mopped the floors. And that's like, I mean, that's good yeah. stuff right Hallelujah. there. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. I mean, I, I really can appreciate that. I actually want to, um, I'd like to read what the love languages 
are based off of the quiz um, yeah. definition. So, cause whenever I read the definition, for example, for gift giving, I was like, yes, this is exactly how I feel whenever I receive gifts. And I say this because in my head previously, I would say years ago, I mean, my, I, for perspective here, I couldn't even get my former husband to even take this quiz with me just to, to like to outline, you know, the drastic differences when I was like really into communication and he was like, let's avoid everything. So mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. we never, we never took it as a couple, but I have taken it as an individual and I want to read, it said for um, <clears throat> receiving gifts while the old version of me probably would have thought that sounded materialistic. Mm -hmm. um, my new version of self loved reading this definition. It says, don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts uh, thrives on love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring you the gift. A missed birthday or a hasty thought, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So, so would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are heartfelt symbols to you of someone else's love and affection for you. And man, when I read that, I was like, I can totally understand that and take mm -hmm. that because um, I my birthdays or major accomplishments or achievements were often dismissed or minimized or overlooked or kind of brushed aside and overshadowed by someone else's um, situation, we'll say. Yeah. And I think yes. that's really important and it's a good perspective to say um, you're seen, right? Yes. You're valued. Like somebody, and I love that too. I'm, the way I show love tends to be in gift giving. I, while I don't receive it that way, a lot of times I do tend to show it that way because- You, you do. Know, mm -hmm. It's like you walk through and you see something and immediately a person's name pops in your head and you're like, they have to have this thing. It made me think yeah. of them. Like they would love that. And those little things excite me. So while- me I tend to, like, I tend not to receive it. And that's not to say I don't like gifts. They're great. Like I don't, yeah. I would never be rude about that. Um, but it is funny that we show love mm -hmm. often differently than Different. we receive it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for example, like Amber, you're really great at just sending like little cards in the mail or letters or little things like that's just definitely an amberism and an amberism. I, love, <laughs> I love it I mean we we text or talk in some way pretty much every single day mm -hmm. and even if I get a little something in the mail I'm like oh that was so sweet um and like it's just such a it's just a thoughtful thing where I'm like oh thank you and I might not always remember to write you back <laughs> it's fine everything's but, fine but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I should go ahead and say, I'm sorry, no. but I do text oh you and I say, oh, that was super sweet. Thank you. Like she might send me, she'll like mail me little drawings from her kids, for example. I'm just like, that was super sweet. My children um, love Miss Lindsay. So <laughs> they draw her things quite often. Um, and it is fun to put those in the mail. Yeah, and to it's try to, to receive like, them. Yeah. See, receiving gifts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I do want to also, we can probably do the definitions for our top ones. So yours was a gift giving. I'd love to read the one for acts of service because okay. um, it too, it felt very meaningful to me. Um, so it says, can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibility weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear, let me do that for you. 
laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this love language their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. And I Mm -hmm. thought, as I read that, I was like, oh, yes, because so much of my day, my week, my month is like a a running to-do list of all the things which need to be done. And it always feels like such a relief when I have someone say, hey, what's one thing I could do to help ease your workload today or this week? Or is there something that I can take off of your plate? Um, And it just, that to me, I'm like, I can breathe again. Thank you. And it could be something big or something small, but just the fact that someone sees me and sees Mm -hmm. a way that they want to be able to help is empowering and it's impactful. And it just like, it's like a nice warm hug, but without the touching. (laughs) It is. It really is. Actually, that was my number three on the list, by the way. But I also said my top three were pretty similar. It was like 30%, 20%, 20%. But I I agree because it's someone acknowledging like, wow, I can see you're super stressed out and you could use a helping hand. How can I support you right now? It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. Thank you for showing up and attuning to this. Yeah. And thank you for seeing it without Mm -hmm. me having to say it. Like Mm -hmm. for me, that's the biggest thing. If you walk into a room and this is, I'm speaking of like our household stuff. So like if you walk in and I'm at the um, stove and I'm cooking and I'm surrounded by children who are throwing toys and a dog that also wants to play and dishes like piling up out of the sink, like one thing you can do is take the children outside. Yes. (laughs) That is an act of of service. Take the children outside, let them run amok. Um, (laughs) But it just, it's nice to be seen and to be understood. And I think so much of love, feeling love, showing love is that act of understanding and that act of taking the time to communicate. And I think in our busy world, sometimes we don't do that. And I believe that this quiz is a great way to kind of like stick your toes in the water there. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Another one uh, that was high up on my list is quality time. Mm-hmm. So these things actually didn't surprise me in the sense that um, quality time has always been very important to me. And I don't care. And, and I, I don't know what I have to read the definition on the thing that on the quiz, but it's not like, I don't care if someone has their phone out in front of me. I know for some people that might be a trigger of saying like, you're not being seen. Oh, okay. Amber just raised her hand for those of you who are not tuning in on YouTube. (laughs) And I'm on my phone like all the time. I always have my devices. I I have like my phone's constantly going off. And um, so I guess um, in my world, uh, I don't see it as any kind of way, but I do appreciate when someone lets me know and communicates to me. Like Mm -hmm. I, I like having like no, no phones are on, or this, this is the way that we operate. And I'll, and I'll respect that. Um, But I think just in my line of work, it's just super common for my thing. It's just a part, it's another entity of me, but for quality time. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. Go ahead. I was just going to bring this up because I used to participate in a um, mentor circle where I traveled with a group of business owners. And it was interesting to me. I, and let's time set it, right? This was at just as I had gotten married, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm with these mostly men who are in their like mid 40s to probably late 60s. And they're all business owners in the IT space. 
and I'm listening to their uh, business meetings. And it was a group where they're mentoring each other. And it was a peer group where they work together and help each other out um, with best practices and all the things. But one of the things I found most interesting is that they talked about love languages and they put an emphasis on their how they were able to show up for their families, even though they were very busy men, they were very like focused on their careers and doing all the things. Um, And when they were talking about quality time, one of the common things that most of the people in this group did when they came home, everybody's phones went into a basket and that basket went into a separate room. And, you know, for a two hour block, it was at like focused, intentional time together. And I was blown away to hear these men talk about like how it changed their relationships, how it changed their interaction with their kids, how it changed their interaction with their partners. Um, So that, that was the moment I realized I was like, oh my gosh, phones are a trigger for me because it Mm. had never occurred to me. Like if we are sitting and having a meal, I like, Oh, if you are sharing a meal dinner, with 100%. me, like, yes. do not take your phone out, please. Like, yeah. that is no, just... I get that. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I agree. I mean, I think, again, there's mo- there's like levels of respect yeah, here. But if you're absolutely. having dinner, it's the same thing. Like, if you're, I'm sorry, I'm like kind of old school with certain things. But like, you don't go out to dinner and wear like a hat on your head at dinner. Or you don't go to dinner and have your phone out at dinner. So I have kind of like some old school You don't wear a hat to dinner? Have you told Eric this? Nope, but I know that he wears them. <laughs> Is that going to change my view? No, <laughs> no. These no, are just funny. like my own, like kind of, I guess, cultural norms or upbringings around like what I was taught was respectful or disrespectful. Yeah. So like I totally get having your phone out is rude and you're not supposed to do it, but I live alone and I'm with my dog and I'm like, if I'm setting a limit on my screen time, it's for me and my personal self-care. It yeah, absolutely. With, like, offending anyone in my own house. No, no. <laughs> Except Ellie can get a little annoyed. Yeah, she might Ellie, call, call me. <laughs> Ellie would like you to put your phone away. She wants uninterrupted attention twenty four seven, all the time. <laughs> she, her love language is quality time twenty four seven. So, yeah, about that. I do think the um, definition from the website for quality time was interesting. It says in the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full, undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby makes you makes your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. The love language of quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. Mm-hmm. I love it. I can take all of that except, I mean, the, the second half of it, more of it, just my mind races too fast. Like I like mm. to be busy and having my hands and all the things. So for me, quality time looks like, you know, both of us cooking in the kitchen and be bopping around or working on yep. a project or that sort of thing. I don't necessarily, I don't care if the TV's on. I don't care if you're on your phone. Um, as long as you're like keeping up with the, the jive of the conversation, or if there's something meaningful that I need to get off my chest or share. And I say, Hey, I really need to talk to you. And then you're able to like pivot and stay present there mm-hmm. and we're good. Well, and I think that's all, um, that's the love language itself is like the first step. And then understanding how it works for you specifically is the next step, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. your quality time and my quality time may look very different. I personally, sure. Um, something we've started doing here, Eric likes to watch TV. 
I do not like to watch TV. That is um, one of my least favorite activities. Um, <laughs> so we have made a compromise and we have um, a couple of nights a week where he watches television and I read a book beside him. So we are for him, like one of his top love languages is quality time. And that is quality time to him. He appreciates that it is like time spent together doing activities, although, you know, it may not be the same thing. So I do think yeah. it can look different for different people. Uh, absolutely. It's just, mm -hmm. be, it's just sharing space and being next to someone. I mean, there's something, there's actually something called body doubling whenever it comes yes. to neurodivergent. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm kind of, kind of going down a foxhole, but those who might be neurodivergent such as Amber and I with our ADHDs <laughs> um, and yes, for real, for real uh, body doubling is like whenever you um, might be on a phone call or a zoom call and y'all are both working on your separate tasks, but that accountability of just like being there for each other and mirroring mm -hmm. that work. Um, it just makes you feel like, you're being held accountable and there's a presence and there's a quality of time that's that's being spent there where you're going to get the thing done so yeah, yeah i can understand that in a, in a different context for sure absolutely and we actually use that idea of body doubling when i work with my clients because we have um, certain opportunities during the day to meet up quote unquote in the gym mm -hmm. and it's a zoom call everybody's doing their own thing you know nobody's watching you to make yeah, sure that you're, you're busy doing working like, out <laughs> yeah you're busy doing your own thing but having other people who are also doing that work it makes you show up it makes you stay focused it keeps mm -hmm. you from getting like pulled off in another direction and it just it does it holds you rooted in that accountability it's very very beneficial yeah yeah absolutely i mean so everyone's version of the love language it, it is tailored to whatever makes sense for you the mm -hmm. key is just making sure actually verbalizing it and communicating it to your partner or your friend or whoever it is that you uh, are are seeking to have the back and forth love language shared with is actually talking about it and not assuming that mind reading is taking place what we're not all mind readers nope darn <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would make life so much easier and it's really so much what, more I mean, difficult. When you think, <laughs> yeah, well, think about like, in essence, that's what creates so much of a stir with emotional reactivity with folks. It's just like, we get so pissed off or, you know, resentful about like someone not knowing what we need, yet half the time we don't even know what really, <laughs> we really need. And the other half of the time, we're not even articulating it when we do know. And so it's like, you, you got to kind of say like, oh yeah, I guess I should probably share this with someone. Yeah. I mean, it's good to do the thing, but then you also have to talk to people about the thing. So yes, good point. <laughs> I love it. Um, did you want to talk anything else about the other definitions? I don't think we didn't go over the physical touch definition. It might be interesting to read that one to see if, um, well, like I said, that sounds used to be my different. number one. <laughs> um, yeah, that used to be my number one in the past. So now it's my number five. Uh, it says a person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, and thoughtful touches on the arm. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Mm -hmm. appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth safety and love to you um yeah so i think that's a it's beautifully stated and for the latter reasons of that description is exactly why it's my number five mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not something where for me i have as a number one at this point and you know previously in a different space and time in my life that was my number one and 
now it's just simply not because also I'm in a different part of my healing at this phase, but I've, I've gone through a lot. I've experienced yeah. a lot of my own trauma and I'm my own trauma recovery is something that I navigate on a daily basis. So even though, yes, I support other people in their trauma recovery journeys, I'm also a human before I'm a therapist and I'm a human before I'm a coach. So I am still subjected to my own healing journey and recovering um, time frames as needed. And I have no mm -hmm. problem with honoring that time and space as I need it when I need it. Yeah. And I think it goes back to your ability to communicate your needs really effectively. You do an amazing job at like setting a boundary at sharing where you are in a certain time and space and allowing the people around you to kind of step in and be mindful of that. So I think you do, you do a wonderful job of this. And I think Thank you. I like, it's, yeah, it doesn't it's, come. I mean, this, just to be clear, it's not something that came overnight. It's something that has come with a lot of intentional practice. So for our listeners, if you feel like this is not something that's coming naturally, it's something that you really have to work at, which is why yeah. I, I coach people through that now. It's because I realize it takes a lot of hard, consistent work to get there. Yes, there is a great level of intention, intentionality that goes along with that. And I think mm -hmm. um, physical touch is really interesting in our household because, um, spoiler alert, it's not all um, about the bedroom. We'll say it like that. It's there's platonic touch. There's I have two young children. We talk about them a lot. Yeah. They, the research I have done um, shows or indicates that love languages kind of start to settle and filter around like age four or five, or they start to, you start to be able to see them and see the children like asking for love in their own way. Yeah. Um, and one of my children is extreme leans to physical touch. And like that is Hudson. He mm -hmm. wants snuggle time every day. He wants yeah. 10 hugs. He wants like all of the things. And of course he gets it. Like mm -hmm. I do not withhold that from him. Um, yeah. And I enjoy our snuggle time. It's very good. Um, but my daughter is quality time and she is quality time hardcore. And she wants <laughs> no distractions. She nope. wants you to be listening to every single word. Like it is. And that girl will damn, she will quiz Ooh. you to make sure you're listening. <laughs> I mean, like she does not make quality time easy. She'll sit there. Miss Lindsay, come do this thing with me. Miss Lindsay, did you hear what color I said I wanted to do this thing? I'm like, damn, this girl doesn't let you get a break. <laughs> nope. She makes sure that you are, you are tracking and mm -hmm. she keeps you very engaged. Um, and God it's bless just... her future partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a wild ride. Um, <laughs> but it is fun. And this is something that, um, we do this with our children and I have not taken the step to share with them what my love language is and actually open up the conversation and talk about the definitions, but that's something that we have on our goals list this year is to really like have that education of how they feel love, how they receive love. And oh, by the way, mom and dad do as well. And here's that information so we can all be a team because that's something that we talk about a lot. Like we are a team unit in this household. We do things together. We do things to support each other. And part of that is understanding each other's love language. And part of that is talking about it. <laughs> Yeah. 
which is not very common, by the way. What? <laughs> I mean, family for families, like full-blown families to have full-blown conversations about this is highly atypical, but beautifully done whenever it's done right. So well done. Well, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I'll let you know. We'll check back in when we do it and we'll see how that went with Hazel and Hudson. Because well, I mean, you and your <laughs> husband do it now as is. So y'all are yeah. a team. I know that that doesn't include the, the two kids, but still, I mean, it's, it's still atypical to see these kind of things take place within the context of even romantic relationships. I mean, the way I look at it is these kind of check-ins are, are critical and even on an annual basis, because it's like just how you get an oil change in your car. Mm -hmm. you, you need to have that maintenance routine checkup on your relationship um, on a on a fairly regular basis. Um, and then frankly, just as speaking as someone who has now gone through different trials and tribulations um, within a marriage that did mm -hmm. not work out, um, which P.S. divorce is not failure. And I do not hold shame and guilt around that. Uh, and I encourage you not to either. Sometimes you just grow apart. It doesn't work yep. out, whatever the reasons are. Um, but it does take two to tango and both parties have to be willing to do the work to get to know each other and relearn each other if you did have that period of growing apart and not mm -hmm. having like resentment toward the person as they've changed or evolved or their love languages have changed and evolved. Yeah, I mean, we are every day that we are alive, we are growing and changing and learning and you know, um, you're that's a different the goal, human. but not a, everyone well, does do the that's the whole thing, right? Is that <laughs> that's just it. <laughs> that's the okay. goal for most people, but yes. <laughs> There's a lot of people that stay really stuck forever. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, let's get unstuck. Let's try to get the trend moving forward because stuck is no fun. Um, yeah, let's pull a stick out from the hub and spoke arena. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, and something that I do want to share because it's something that we have found very useful. Um, we have a logistics meeting every week and it's something we? that- uh, Eric and I, we, you we have a family. A, do y'all call it a logistics meeting? You were such this a project manager. You? Oh my God. Okay. So, um, I did not come up with this. This was not something that, um, that I oh constructed, but Eric and I went to a marriage retreat. It was like a two day event. And it was one of the things that they recommended was a weekly logistics meeting. And it's honest to God, like you sit down Oh my goodness. You pull out your calendar and you talk about all the things that have to happen in the next week, right? Okay. Yeah. And it's it is very logistic. Like this is not a date night activity. No, this is not, at not all. a quality time activity. <laughs> Although why, it is a quality time said, activity for me. Like it's of course it is. <laughs> of course it but is. Something we've started doing this year is we pair it with our quality time, like TV night. So we'll get my logistics oh, okay. stuff out of the way, get it out of my brain and let me communicate yeah. with Eric. Like, here's all the things that we have to do this week or we get to do this week. Um, how do we like block and tackle so that we're a team? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, that's done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now we're going to go and sit on the couch, read a book, watch a, you know, watch some TV or whatever. But it allows us to reflect on the previous week, say what went well, what was a struggle, what do we need to do differently? And yeah. also, here's the things that are coming at us this week. How do we tackle them as a team? How do we come into this together? Because when one person shoulders all of that and has all the dates in their brain, all of the to-do list in their brain, all like yeah. 
I operated like that for many years and it was extraordinarily stressful for me and very stressful for Eric because like you can imagine the big ball of nerves that I was just trying to manage all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's something it it does relate to love languages because, and I'm going to tie this in, this is what allows Eric to speak to my primary love language because he can see the to-do list. If I've not mm-hmm. given him anything to go off of, then it's yeah. just like, it's a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. I can absolutely see how that would um, all intertwine. I think, I just think the the language of calling it a logistics meeting feels so corporate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's meant like that's by design. Sure. Yeah. And if that works, that works, right? I mean, if that works, it works for some people, it works for some people. I mean, but I like the idea of, of connecting it with um, a quality time aspect where it's not interfering with the quality time, but it's something that yeah. can be inter uh, woven in some way. Um, and I think just, and again, it's because different strokes for different folks. I just know for me, I'm definitely a more of a, uh, like my approach to things is very different in that sense. Yeah. That would That would really stress me out if it was super rigid and had to be certain kind of a start and end date for things. Um, but everyone operates differently and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I totally hold space for that and understand. And it's something we've, we have spent the last three years figuring out a way to fit it in our schedule that it does not feel like an extra burden. And for us having the set day of the week means it always happens. It means it's calendared in. It means it doesn't get forgotten. It means it doesn't get pushed off when things get too stressful. Like it's just, this is the thing we do on Wednesday nights. (laughs) In addition though, is the fact that the, something that has to be acknowledged here is you and Eric have been together since 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 y'all were in high school y'all mm-hmm. have grown up together y'all have learned and grown with each other over an extensive period of time um like are you ex- calling me old now <laughs> no <laughs> we're the same age <laughs> but yes. I'm saying like when you think about how much work has already been poured into this relationship. Y'all have had a very, very long time to get to where you are today. And so I think for a lot of couples, it's not as easy to just dive into saying, this is what we're going to start doing and da 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 Because it's like, you guys didn't start this way, but y'all have had a lot of a lot of time and really heartfelt conversations, a lot of shared vulnerability on both ends where y'all like learned and grown with each other to say like, okay, this is what we need in order to thrive. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just y- y'all, y'all are at that space where it makes perfect sense. And you guys have grown tremendously. We have. And I mean, that's what happens when you're together for 18 years, right? Like, but the other (laughs) side of that is, yes. (laughs) The other side of that is if we didn't have this level of intention and we weren't both of this mindset of doing the work, then Mm -hmm. it easily could have had a different outcome. I mean, oh, yes. uh, People find out how long we've been together and we always get that like, head turned to the side. Like I've yeah. maybe grown a second head. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's an odd interaction. But it's about also, it. Yeah. As much I mean, I get nowadays. it. Mm-hmm. No, but we've definitely picked up some tips, some tricks. And I mean, we've been through our share of crap too. Yeah. Like I don't want to sit here and paint like, yes, I have all of these tips and all of these ideas and all these things that work. 
that's because um my oh, ass but, hit the ground and we figured out a way out right like <laughs> yes but that's just it is that y'all y'all have both done the work yes. that's what i keep coming back to is it takes two to tango so if one person is just going in saying hey this is what we're gonna do which i've totally been that person Same. it just doesn't work that way it takes yeah. it takes both parties to contribute and to find that balance. Um, and that shared understanding is what builds intimacy. It's what builds trust. It's what builds connection. And those are the kind of things that over a period of time can really foster a beautiful relationship. Yeah, and platonic as well as intimate relationships, right? Yeah, because relationship. opening up and being communicative, we've talked about that a lot in this episode. Yeah, That is the pillar of every relationship of any kind. If you mm -hmm. cannot sit and talk, if you cannot communicate your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, yeah. your ideas, then it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like I love that we have that ability. I love mm -hmm. that in our friendship, that's something I really am grateful for. And I feel really honored to have that space between us is we both can have those, we can have those conversations and state what our needs are and understand that there's going to be that shared give and take. And it's just, I, it's, you know, we're very lucky as adults. It's super rare to have a handful of friends, or even yeah. if you have one or two really good friends as an adult, what an amazing blessing that is. And, you know, and so that's where I think these love languages allow for you to get to know one another on a more intimate and, and deeper, con deeply connected level, mm -hmm. uh, where it can also be sustained and nourished over a period of time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I loved being able to um, discuss this topic with you in today's episode. I think that especially in the season of flowers and chocolates and capitalism, um, it is important to remember what what ways are out there that we can show love to those we care about and how we can communicate to our loved ones the ways that we receive love and just yeah. have that area of growth opportunity and take advantage of it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I just as a side note, um, I know this is like, it's not completely unrelated, but uh, something that I, I did a lot of work on in, in grad school was really kind of um, looking at uh, trauma recovery among uh, first responders and military mm. personnel. And something I thought was really neat is that Gary Chapman came out with the five love languages um, in a military edition. So for any listeners who are, uh, maybe their spouses in the military or both of y'all are in the military, I highly recommend Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, the military edition, um, because it actually does take an account the lifestyle that goes into, um, you know, being in a part of the military where mm -hmm. it, it, it offered, you know, there's so many additional layers and challenges that come in a relationship when your life is owned by the government. So, yeah. um, I actually love that he created a specialized book tailored to just that audience because it's one that gets left out a lot. Uh, these kind of couples really go through it and there's really not a lot mm. of resources to guide them on how to communicate effectively, particularly when you're trained to, to be one way, so hardwired one way for a mm -hmm. mission, uh, you know, in the military mind. But then on the other end, you're very human and need to be vulnerable in your relationships. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a wonderful resource. And we'll make sure that all of these items are linked in the show notes, as always, for everybody to have quick and easy access to. Yeah. Um, Certainly hope that you've all enjoyed listening to today's topic and that you have maybe a new, fresh outlook on the five love languages. And um, we would love for you to take action with the information because information is only as good as what you do with it. So now that you have absorbed it, you have you've heard it put something into action this week, you know, take the time. If that's taking your love language quiz, if that's sharing your results with someone you care about and who cares about you, um, whatever that looks like in your space, do something with it. <laughs> yeah. Also, if, if, um, y'all choose to take this quiz, please share with us, you know, mm, yeah. did anything surprise you? Did you learn something new about yourself in the process? Like, again, whenever I took this, I definitely noticed some new changes for me personally. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Or mm, I didn't realize I was so toggled between this one and that one, which is why I came out with 20% for two of them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just, I'd like to hear just y'all's personal feedback and experience with this and um, let us know, you know, have things changed over time and what was most surprising for you? Absolutely. We do. We love hearing from the listeners. So please send us a DM, um, drop a comment on our posts on social media, whatever works for you. Send us an email. Um, we have all of these ways that you can get in touch with us and we adore hearing from you. So thank you for that. And thank you also for leaving a five-star review on whatever platform that you choose to listen to or watch us on. Um, and just thank you for t continuing to tune in each and every, every week. We could not do this without you. We are so grateful for the support of the What the Fox community. Um, and just, we love y'all. Absolutely. All right, guys and dolls, we wish you a very happy Valentine's Day. Don't forget to take care of yourself. Your love language matters for you too. So don't forget your self-care because this is not just about attuning to your partner or friend's needs. This is also about caring for yourself and showing yourself the love that you deserve. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next Tuesday. See Bye. you next Tuesday. Bye y'all. And we all say everything is gonna be just fine. It's gonna fall in place. The sun is gonna set on your terrible day.